this sacred place. And we've gathered here, Lord God, to hear a word from you. Lord God, we need for you to feed us. We need for you to fill us. And we need for you to use us. Yes, Lord. So in faith, Lord, I sit down. I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for coming in and taking over in the wonderful name of Jesus. Our soul says, Amen. Amen. Did you get it up, Sheree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to get ready to go up. Okay. Okay. Um, if I ask a question of any of you in here, if... Uh, you are having any kind of difficulties going on in your life, I'm sure that everybody would say yes. I'm sure that all of us have our individual struggles and we have our individual problems and we have some things going on in our life that nobody knows about but us and God. And a lot of times we become tired we become discouraged and sometimes we feel like I just don't have the strength to go on so when you get to that place prayerfully you do what all of us do at some time or another we pray to God and ask God for strength amen when you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place and you don't know which direction to go you often pray to God and ask God for strength. And then sometimes you may pray and ask God to give you the power to just go on. Mm -hmm. Or you may ask God to give you power to overcome whatever it is in your life that is causing you to be defeated and de depressed. And some of you may even think of one of our favorite scriptures in 2 Timothy where God says he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Amen. And then we stop right there and say, well, wait a minute, Lord. Where is the power that you promised me in that scripture that I'm supposed to have in my life? Where, where is the power? And we all know that We've heard messages, especially from me, like this before. But God says, you know, sometimes you have to rewrap the same package in order for people to get a better understanding of it. Amen. Because when we talk about before, where is this power that we're supposed to have? I remember doing a sermon on the Holy Spirit. And the fact that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead now resides inside of us. So we say there is our power. But if you notice from our bulletins this morning that the title of our sermon is Power Revealed. Mm -hmm. So God is saying this morning that he's going to show you where your power lies Okay, and it's, it's of course going to be hooked up with the Holy Spirit because you can't do anything apart from it. But God wants to reveal to you a truth this morning that he has shown you before, but he's hoping and, and I'm hoping and praying that you'll get this truth from your head to your heart. So what we're going to do is we're going to 
And uh, I'm not going to have you even turn to it. My Sheree is going to put it on the board. Amen. She's going to put it on the board. It's going to be two scriptures that are on the board. And they're going to come from Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the first verse. I mean, the twelfth verse. But we're going to read it out of the Amplified Version. Do we have it? Okay, we're going to read it, and that's why I'm putting it up on the board, because I want everybody to see it out of the Amplified. We say, where is the power that God says that we're supposed to have? And God tells us in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the twelfth verse, and we're only going to look at one verse this morning, where our power lies from. We're going to look at two verses, technically. It says here that uh, the Word of God, is living and active, full of what? Full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. So God says that you want to know where your power lies. You want to know where the power is and he promises you and he says you shall receive power and so forth and so on. God said I'm going to reveal to you the source of your power this morning and what you have got to learn to do is you've got to put that source into effect in your life. I want you to notice here in our scripture text that it says that the word of God is alive. It's not simply talking about words on a page. It's not simply talking about words on the page, even though the words on the page are alive as well. But it says the word of God is alive, is active, and full of power. It is operative, which means you can work it. Amen. Like you can operate a machine, Operate a car, you know what I'm saying? Operate a computer, you can work it. Okay, you can enter, be energized by the word. It, it can be effective in your life to change you from point A to point B. But notice what Revelation says here. It says, it is giving a description of Jesus in the book of Revelation, the first chapter, the 16th verse. And it says, in his right hand, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. So God is showing you here, when you hook up the uh, scripture in Revelations with the scripture in Hebrews, where God said that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, and then you see a portrait of Jesus being, you know, a typology, and is showing out of the mouth of Jesus comes a sharp two-edged sword. That sword is what God is talking about in Hebrews when he's talking about the Word of God. Do you see that? Do you understand that? So God wants us to know this morning. God wants us to understand 
that because the word is what comes out of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ's mouth, that it is showing us that the word is powerful, the word is living, and the word is active. My brothers and sisters in Christ, there's going to be some kind of way that God is going to get you in, uh, get you to understand the power of the word of God this morning. The word of God is alive. Okay, it is alive. When we speak the word of God, we are speaking Jesus' language. Amen. I can't talk French. I can't talk Spanish. I can't talk Yubana. Okay, but I can talk Jesus. You say, Pastor, what does it mean when you say that you can talk Jesus? You've got to understand that this word of God is Jesus' language. Do you understand a little bit why it is that Satan does his best to keep you out of the word? Amen. Can you get a little indication of why Satan does everything, trying to cloud your mind with this and that and the other instead of the word of God to keep you because God knows or Satan knows that if you have the word active in your life, then it's going to make a change. I'm going to read a statistic for you here from a survey that was done over 800 people, okay? It says that if people read scripture once a week, it didn't make any difference. Like you come to church on Sunday and the pastor says, turn to such and such, it won't phase you. If someone reads scripture twice a week, it's not going to make any difference in your life. You're not going to see any kind of change. But if someone reads scripture three times a week, you start to see a pulse. You start to see a heartbeat. You start to see something starting to move in their behavior with how they interact with scripture out of three times a week. If somebody reads scripture four times a week, you would think it would just be continue to be a slight indicator. But it is such a vast difference. Now you gotta, you gotta get this. Four, I was not gonna say that. Four times a week, okay, it keeps, it, thank you Lord, if someone reads scripture four times a week and engages in the scripture, they're feeling lonely drops by 30%. Amen. Their anger issues drops by 32%. Four times a week. Bitterness in a relationship drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Okay? Sex outside of marriage drops 66% from reading the word four times a week. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Looking at pornography drops 61%. Look at these things. Sharing your faith drop, jumps, thank you Lord, jumps to 200%. Wow. Jumps to 200%. 
Jesus was with God. Okay, and what did the Word become? The Word became flesh, incarnate, and He dwelt among us, uh, showing the glory of the only begotten, the, the, you know, the glory of the Father. Okay, so do you understand when I say that when we speak the Word, we're speaking Jesus' language? Amen. Because Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word incarnate. He's the word in the flesh. He is the word that will make the difference in your life. Where is the power? Where is the power in your life? How many times during the course of the week do you get into the word? Amen. How many times do you take a lousy 15 minutes, just 15 minutes out of 24 hours to spend reading the word? And chewing on what you read. Amen. Reading the word and digesting the, the statistics that I gave you that it made a difference in these people's lives and all of this was because they digested the word and the word became a part of them. Amen. The word became a part of them. Amen. I want you to understand Amen. the tactics of the enemy. Amen. And he will do everything and anything that he can to keep you from reading yes, the word. Yes, he, will. he will cloud your mind yes, with all kind of noise. God says he tries to speak to you during the course of the day with, with the word of God. But your mind has so many things, so many. I think that's one of the reasons that Satan has put in people's minds to play their music so loud. Mm -hmm. Like on the, on, when the cars and they'll be jumping and all. Because then you can't hear God talking to you. Amen. You can't hear God talk. You, you can't even hear yourself think. Mm -hmm. It's a tool of the enemy. Use your brains. You, you talk about someone that this, you know, you this morning, about saying, use common sense. You know, get the surgery. Use common sense. God said, use common sense. Do, don't you see how the word is being robbed from you? Amen. God says, every Amen. Sunday, he has given you the word over and over and over again in different kinds of channels and avenues during the course of the week, but if you don't oh, apply it, awesome. it's not going to do you any good. You say, Pastor, that sounds good, but what can me studying the word do? How can it make a difference? Turn to Isaiah 55, verse 10 through 11. I'm going to keep you long today. It's good. You I'm not going to keep you because you've got to, this is Power being revealed. Yes, power. God said, you want to have power? You say, I've given you the spirit of, why don't I have any power in my life? Because you don't have any word inside of you. Amen. Amen. You don't have any word. I'm not going to have you turn to it, but you know Ephesians 6, when God tells us to put on the full armor of God. You remember Ephesians 6? To wrap yourself up with the uh, word of God and all that. But do you remember when it says take up the sword of the spirit? Take up the sword. Again, the word is referred. And you know what God showed me this morning? It, it's just a cute little thing. But inside the word sword is the word word. Inside the word sword is the word word. So God said take up the sword of the spirit. Which And he comes right up and tells you which is the word of God. Read Ephesians 6. Read the armor that you put. Take up the sword of the spirit. 
spirit every day, which is the word of God. Amen. You want something to fight your battle Amen. with? Isaiah 50, 10 through 11. Amen. Okay, let me calm myself down. As the rain, nephew, okay, as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and does not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. And I need you to digest that verse. I need you to digest it. God says, in the same way the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, <coughs> it doesn't come down without watering the earth. It doesn't come down without watering the earth. But not only does it come down and waters the earth, but it feeds the earth so that it buds and flourishes so that there will be seed, so that there will be food for people to eat and for people to sow and replant. That's what the purpose of the rain is. And said so the rain never does not accomplish its purpose. Amen. Every time the rain falls, the ground gets wet. <laughs> Every time the rain falls, the ground gets wet. There is no time the rain falls that the ground does not get wet. And if you put a seed in that ground and the ground gets wet, it's going to grow and you can eat from that seed. What God said is the same thing with his word. Look at the rest of this verse. So is my word that comes out of my mouth. Every word comes out of God's mouth in this Bible, right? Amen. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I, circle it if it's your Bible, what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that should have blew your mind. That should have blew your mind. God says, my word that goes out of his mouth is going to accomplish exactly what it is that he wants to accomplish. Our problem is that we want to use the word to accomplish what we want it to accomplish. The thing that the word is designed for is to accomplish what God desires and to achieve the purpose that God desires it to achieve in your life. Amen. Our problem is we don't walk close enough with God mm -hmm. to be able to know what the purpose is, is for what he's allowing us to do. Yes. Yes. We don't walk close enough with God to be able, God says every delay you're praying for this you're praying for that, you're praying for another, something else. God said every delay has a purpose. Yes, it does. Every delay that God has in your life, it's not that he can't do it right now. It's not that he doesn't want to do it right now. He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose of a change to be made inside of you. And he's got a purpose because he's got something for you in store for you. Do you understand that? God said, just like the rain falls and wets the earth, my word, God said, it won't return to me empty. It's going to accomplish. So that's why God is so sweet and he uses, does just sweet little things. As soon as we got in Bible study yesterday, Katrina may not remember, Adrian may not remember, but the first scripture 
Okay, now what did the centurion say when Jesus said, I've come to you from my house and all this kind of stuff? What did the centurion say? He said, speak the what? Speak the word of Speak the word of You don't even have to come to my house. And when I read that yesterday, I gave God a little chuckle because I knew what God had in his word today. Speak the word only. Speak the word over your marriage, Gail. Speak the word over your husband. Uh, Gregory and Felice, speak the word over your marriage and your relationship. Uh, 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 thank you, Jesus. Michael, speak the word over your wife and your son and your grand. Speak the word only. Get your mind off of what you see with your eyes and put your mind on what God says in his word. Amen. Speak the word only. God said, you want the power? I'm revealing to you Amen. where my power is. Amen. My power Amen. is wrapped up and tied up in the word of Almighty God. My power is wrapped up and tied Now, if scholars, Bible scholars, could do a study and come up with these statistics that they did, you know, it always amazes me that God says something in his word. But we have to wait until science uh -huh, or somebody uh -huh, yeah. confirms it for us to believe. Like we, didn't know. <laughs> like we already knew that if I, I knew that these changes would take place mm -hmm. if somebody would get the word inside of themselves consistently. Mm -hmm. But we have to see it in research mm -hmm. and yeah. statistics and yeah. all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. We got to start believing what God said simply because God said. Mm -hmm. Amen. Oh, that's so good. You say, Pastor, mm. that's good. Speak the word of God. God said, there's another scripture I want you to use. He only has two more. I'm going to send me out. There's another scripture I want you to look at. Psalms 107, 20a, which means the beginning of the verse. Psalms 107, you say, speak the word of God says, my word is not going to return to me empty. Speak the word over your uh, employment issues. Speak the word over your hopes and your dreams. Speak the word over your health. I've had Amen. to do that with my body and the mess, whatever, you know, I know I'm getting over and, and different things will be acting crazy and all this Amen. kind of stuff, stuff. But, you know, I have to speak the word over my body Amen. and speak healing Amen. to my body. I don't want to... I'm this kind of person, and it's going to tie in this, this verse. But I don't want to live a life where God heals me. I don't want to live that life. I want to live a life where I don't have to be healed. Yes. And perfect health. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. When I die, I'm going to die just from wearing out like an old watch. Amen. Do you understand? Yes. Okay, it is good for God to heal you. But it's even better when you never needed to be healed. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when he allows you to have to be healed, then there's a purpose. Amen. Yes. There's a purpose in it. Look at Psalms 107 28. He and the word, he is God. God sent his word. And what did he do? Healed. God sent his word. And he did what? Healed. He sent his word. I only hear one person. He said his word and did what? Yeah. God said his word. 
and he healed them. Now you can take that. We, we, we're going to apply that to uh, my daughter-in-law's uh, sister, Erica. God sent his word and healed her. He said, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, it means two things to me. We know that his word is Jesus incarnate. Jesus is the word incarnate. So he sent Jesus to heal you. Now, we have been talking in our uh, Saturday Bible study how healing is a part of our salvation package. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about the fact that when Jesus paid the atoning price for our sins on the cross, that it also included our healing. But we've got to get that from here to here. Amen. Amen. That healing belongs to us. That we're not asking for something that does not belong to us. And we're not asking for something that God doesn't want to do. Because as we've studied, we have been able to see that it is God's nature to heal. Amen. Like it's God's nature to love, it is God's nature to heal. Not healing is not part of God's nature. Not healing is not part of God's nature. But we've got to realize that all of it, no matter how he does it, is for God's glory. Yes. That's the place that we've got to get to. That is all for God's glory. He sent his word. He sent Jesus to heal him. To heal us from sin. To heal us from sickness and disease. To heal us from all kind of maladies in our, our minds and stuff like that. He sent his word. That was Jesus to heal us. But he also sent this word. That we can take and chew on this word and say, by his stripes, I am healed. Okay? But we can take this word and say, he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my... We got to take this word and let it be a part of us. Amen. 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 God sent his word to heal him. I want you to write this down because I like the way it said it in the Amplified Version. It says that the word was personified as the agent of his purpose. I love that. Personified as the agent of his purpose. Y'all know what that means? Yeah. Yes, you do. Think about it. Personified. Personified means to be made personal, made into the flesh, made into, you know, like uh, Jesus always uh, says that Jesus is peace. And I'll say, well, Jesus is peace personified. You know what I mean? Jesus is peace in the flesh, right? So it, the word was personified as the agent or the means of God's purpose. You see that? That's how the Amplified put it. I, I, I just love that. Okay? All right. The last one for the day, and I'm going to let you go home. And if you look at the front of your bulletin, you'll see this last one. Look at the front of your bulletin where the flower is. Or the front of your bulletin. Right? Isaiah 40, verse 8. Isn't it on there? Mm -hmm. What does it say? Come on, let me hear you. Grass quivers and the flowers fail. But the word of our God stands forever. 
translation. But you see in the front of your bulletin? Yeah. Okay, I love when I can get the bulletin to match with the sermon. But it says the flowers may, grass may wither and the flower may fall or fail, but the word of God will stand forever and last forever. So all of the things, and say this and I'm going to close, all of the things that you spend your time trying to acquire, all the things that you spend your time trying to accomplish, Everything that you put before God is going to one day wither and be gone. But this word of God will always stand. You want to know where to get your power. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. I love the way they put that on the amplifier and sit on the time of the